peace, truth, spirituality, healing, holistic health, aliens, ancient history, plant medicine, mysticism. If these words excite you, you're in the right place. Here, we seek to dig deep into all these topics and more. You, me and my guests together. Welcome to the Enlighten with Alex podcast. Welcome back everyone to the Enlightenment with Alex podcast with myself, Alex. If you haven't already, hit subscribe. We've got loads of incredible guests coming up, including today. We've got Paul Hudson. So welcome, Paul, to the podcast. Welcome. Uh, nice to be with you, Alex. Awesome. Awesome. So just uh, to give you a bit of background info, Paul's a, a life coach. He's the owner of Body Mind Fit. Um, Body it's an interesting Fit. story. Sorry? Body I said that Fit one. Mind. Body fit mind even. <laughs> so yeah, it's an interesting little backstory because um, I'm a big believer in synchronicities and obviously into spirituality. And when I lost my dad in 2017, about six months later, I went to Dublin um, for a big piss up weekend, basically. Um, but at the time I was really down. Obviously, it was pretty traumatic losing my dad. I was pretty depressed. And out of all the fan clubs in the world that could have been in this bar in Ireland. There was an Aston Villa fan club and me and Paul are big Villa fans. So I went over just to watch the game with them and I got chatting to Paul. And uh, it turned out he was a life coach and into spirituality, which I'd only just kind of started getting into a little bit. And uh, he just gave me so much great advice over a few FaceTime calls after that that helped me start my journey. So I'm really appreciative of that. Uh, so yeah, do you want to tell us a little bit of your your backstory and how you became- well, first, it, it, it was synchronicity it was amazing how that happened that uh, weekend I can't even remember the, the game or the result but I, I do remember meeting up with you and, and you know I, I was glad to be of help be of service because um, you never know who you're going to run into but um, yeah I mean I um, at that time I, I was in Dublin but um, now living in France and I'll go into a bit more detail about that but um I'd always had kind of a um, an interest in both personal development and um, coaching, um, although I didn't know coaching uh, it was as per se, because I always believed that, you know, people had far more potential within them, including myself, uh, than, than actually they realise and, and all too often that's down to, you know, self-doubt and, you know, limitation, self-limitations and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I went through, I, I'd worked uh, in uh, various careers and it, even synchron, synchronistic moments in that where um, at a very young age, I was working as a scheduler for, uh, um, uh, for, for a, a GKN group in, in, in the Midlands in, in England. And, um, I just got a new job. I'd worked for Chrysler, uh, which is now obviously Peugeot. And I'd got a new job uh, in uh, in Birmingham. And after about two weeks, the manager came out. And he said, some good news and bad news. And I went, oh, flip, I've only just been here like two weeks. He said, we're moving all the jobs to um, to the factories in in various places around the country and I went oh where's that then and he went oh well for you Paul it would be uh, South Wales in Cumbran 
And at that time, I, I just only got together with my uh, first wife um, and, and uh, I went, oh, really not for me. But he said, don't worry, he said, um, because we're now part of the, the, the Lucas um, empire, I've got access to all the available jobs across all of the Lucas companies. And, and uh, he said, I'll be giving you an update each day. It's not going to happen immediately, but I'll be giving you an update each day on what jobs are available. And I remember one day he called me in, Arthur, his name was, he called me in and he went, Paul, I've got a job for you. And he was like holding this one CV uh, down with his hand. And then there was this pile of other CVs of other jobs around the group. And he said, um, I've got a job for you. And I said, go on. He said, um, and he, he held it up like this, and he went, Assistant Press and Public Relations Officer at the headquarters of Lucas in Birmingham. And I went, what? I had no PR experience at all. I had, you know, I, I said, I'm a, I'm a scheduler. I, I'm, I'm an engineering-based work, you know. I, I like office work as opposed to working in a factory. He says, no. He was insistent. He said, I've watched you. I've seen you write. He said, I think that you could be suited to this job. And I went, look, Arthur, seriously, I'm not interested. He said, well, I tell you what, I have already booked you a, a, an interview for um, Friday. He said, go along, see how you get on. He says, and then I will show you what else is in this pile of CVs I've got here. So out of the blue, I was heading off and I headed off to an interview for a job I knew nothing about. I did a bit of research and he gave me some background. And lo and behold, I got the job and I had a 25-year career in PR. So it was kind of like synchronicity happens. We, we all plan and everything else, but synchronicity, synchronicity happens sometimes just to intervene into our lives. So, you know, that, that was my starting point, if you like. I moved on. I then um, set my own PR company up. I was working then with... Um, a, a small group and we merged our businesses and then came the bombshell it was in in the in the late 80s um my partner my business partner just ran off with all the money <laughs> it was like and because because we're in partnership and i'd signed all of the joint several agreements all the debtors came to me because they couldn't find him and i just completely collapsed uh, you know I, I mean I hadn't got that kind of money uh, all my pensions had gone uh, with with the collapse of the business and I was left to sort out um, the, the 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 mess that was left and I kind of went you know I didn't deserve this but my god it was such a changing uh, a change in me um, I actually went off to my first Tony Robbins event I remember was down in London. Is that in the and, 90s? Yeah, it was Unleash the Power Within. Uh, that was in the early 90s. And um, I went down there. I, I drove down. I stayed at some friends who, who lived in Clapham. Um, I, I'd literally got, you know, 200 quid left. I, I, well, I got 300 quid left to my name. Mm -hmm. uh, got a battered old Rover car and I drove down, stayed there, went into this event um, it was at the Excel Centre in London, and I walked in, and there was like eight thousand people, you know, going like this, rah rah rah, and I went, oh my god, what have I done? Mm. What have I done here? You know, my last three hundred quid I've spent, uh, a good salesman, I may add, um, 
on, on a ticket for, for looks like a cult, you know, and they're all there kind of, you know, giving it large. Clearly they've been to one of his events before. And I sat there, you've got, you got a, a little pack, and I sat there at the back um, with all of these other newbies. We're all like going, what's going on here? And he comes on and, and he, you know, I didn't know a lot about him. I, you know, I, I'd heard about him. And he comes on and he's a huge man in the sense that he's so tall mm. and he's got massive big hands. And he went, hi, I'm Tony Robbins. And I went, oh, my God, he's American as well. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I thought I, you know, I thought, anyway, the first thing, the first thing, he started to talk. And I could see he was talking, not from here, but from here. Mm. And he told it a bit about his story. And and then he said, okay, put your hands up. All the new people here for the first time. And at the back, there was like a couple of hundred of us going oh, like this. He says, don't you worry, he said. He said, at any point during this four-day event, it's not right for you. Take your pack to the admin desk hand it back and we'll give you a complete refund. And, and for me, that was like, wow, um, you know, I can't get a better deal than that. Yeah. And the rest is history. I, I, you know, I went the four days. I came out of there unbelievably changed. And it was the right time. Again, synchronicity, the right place. Um, and I drove back home. It was on a Sunday afternoon. I remember driving up the M1 and it was... Uh, top of the pops and the traffic on the M1 was so slow. I don't think it's any better these days, but so slow. And I got Radio One and and the Top Twenty show on, and I was giving it large lights. Going, I oh, just want to tell everybody about what's happened, you know. And people were like looking at me, going, "He's off his rocker," uh, and I was off my rocker. I got home, and and people say, "You are you all right? You know, have you been brainwashed or whatever?" But it was just my enthusiasm my 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 own changing that that uh, moved me forward now the outcome of that is i was doing at the time having set myself up as a pr um consultant i i joined the gym and I, having joined the gym i was asked to do a bit of customer service work so i did that and you know in my newfound kind of belief in myself um the manager uh, was was appointed as a regional manager and she came into me and she said do you want do you want the job and I went well like a salary and a car and stuff like that and she said yeah um, we, and this is in Coventry I went okay so I then went into a 15-year um, career in health club management so that kind of that part meantime unfortunately I'd gone through two marriages um, sadly, my first wife, who, who we'd parted for a long time, um, passed in the early 2000s. And then Carol, my, my, when my business went under, my, my second wife just couldn't take it. Like and She said, I, I'm not the person you want me to be to try and rebuild everything. And, I, and we, we, we parted very amicably. So it set me on a journey running health clubs. I was running health clubs with LA Fitness. And then I was approached by um la fitness um sorry i was uh, firstly fitness first and then la fitness and they approached me to run a club in sutton coalfield and i accepted the job it was a much better deal and then one day the guy who recruited me came back and went we've got a problem fitness first have objected because of your contract and it's you are moving within 10 miles 
of a competitor's club, we can't take you on. And I went, oh my word, he says, however, he said, we do have an opening in Dublin. And I went, well, I'm free and easy. So off I went into Dublin and the rest is history, really. Um, I was in Dublin from 2006 and I loved Dublin. It was a great, I remember walking on my first day, not having seen the club, trying to find where this club was, having arrived uh, on the plane, walking up Grafton Street for the first time in Dublin. And it was just brilliant. It was just, I, I, I kind of knew, you know. Not I knew yeah. Well, it was just, you know, everything that had happened in my life, I'd got through the challenges, um, everything I'd gone through in my life. And I'd gone back in 2003 to do another you know a repeat of the tony robbins event which gave me even more because you can't take everything away from a tony robbins event in one go so i went back again um so i was in the right right mind state i was focused i um i was ready for the challenge and i arrived in 2000 uh, september 2006 and i, I got um, i was there um only about 12 months when what happened? The crash. Mm. The Celtic Tiger left Ireland. It was like when I arrived, the, 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 the skyline, the horizon was, was full of cranes and there was building going on. And then all of a sudden, everything went. And obviously, gym memberships dived as well. And people were cancelling because they, they weren't sure about the future. Um, but we managed to get through that. And I was there until uh, the club, uh, LA Fitness, you probably know, if you know of them, um, were broken up around about 2014-15. And the clubs were sold off. Some were bought by various other operators. And I kept the club. We were the only club outside of the UK. I kept that club going and running. And with my team, we were trying to, you know, make the club um, saleable. And in the end, someone came in. And uh, right at the death, because they were closing the club down, right at the death, bought the club. Now... That was a new experience for me because the new owners, I could see that they didn't need me. You know, within LA Fitness, there was a structure where, you know, there's club managers and there were three clubs in the north. I was able to get, you know, do my work and we worked as a team. Didn't need me. So I was kind of waiting. I was fearful, you know, going, blimey, at my age, who's going to recruit me? All, all those self-doubts. Thoughts and you know what am I going to do? And mm. I talked about becoming a coach. And when I look back, I've been talking the talk from the day I arrived in Dublin. It was before that, in two thousand three, when I came out of the Tony Robbins event. I said I'm going to be a coach. Mm. I even signed up in two thousand and twelve for a Tony Robbins, um, a Madanist uh, Robbins training course and paid a, a good few thousand pounds. Is that his wife, is it? That, sorry? Is that his wife, Madanis? No, um, she, she, Madanis is uh, uh, another coach um, who is one of the, I think one, um, one of the biggest known coaches in America and, and they'd worked together um, and, and they'd set up this, tra- it's called a Robbins Madanis training and it's still going like, you know. Uh, and, I'd signed up for it, paid the money, and then didn't do a thing with it. And and I'd, I was in this position of knowing that sooner or later I'm going to be out of here. 
So I went to the owners and said, look, guys, make me an offer. And they made me an offer. And I took it. And so in 2015, I left um, what was then the Dartry Health Club. Great club, great staff uh, and great owners. And um, I then set up and I'd met my, not my third wife, but my um, uh, soulmate really in 2007 inherited three teenage daughters moved in and we were working together and she was running a a kitchen business kitchen design business that also crashed in 2008 2009 so we we got this incredible house uh, that was just full of students because we had to make an income and trust me alex if you're ever going to rent a place in Dublin, it's one of the most expensive mm. places in Europe. It really is. I mean, we were for a, for a standard three-bedroomed, mid not mid-terrace but semi-detached house in Stillorgan, we were paying close to two and a half thousand euros a month for rent. Uh, and and to do that, for us to do that, I'd started my coaching business. Mags was doing some work here and there part-time here another part-time job we we were just we were just keeping our heads above water and then one day Max went we love dogs Max went why don't we just start up a dog minding and doggy walking business and um we did it was called naturally barking mad so we we, we thought it would be just like an, a revenue stream <laughs> it went through the roof it absolutely went through in fact at the time, 2016, it was one of the fastest new startups in both in UK and Ireland, business-wise. Wow. Uh, you know, Wasn't yeah. it their dream as well for a long time? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. But be careful what you, what you dream for, because we got to a stage where we'd got, stu- at any time, two or three students living with us these were language students that came in um from you know france across europe and south america and um we had some korean students as well and they were at a, 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 a an english language school in dublin various english language schools in dublin and they would be staying with us and they'd go off every day and do their um do their uh, uh, language training and then come back so we we, we got Luckily, the house, the girls had began to move out. Luckily, the house could accommodate them. But what happened then is we started doing dog minding at home. So people would be going away, leave their dog. And at one point, I think we, we'd got three students and 11 dogs in the house that were minding. And, and like, we, could, we couldn't sit anywhere. We couldn't. And, and I remember one day in June, because what happens in June? The sun rises at about five o'clock. And doesn't go down until about eleven, and so you know at five o'clock in the morning the dogs would see the the sun coming up, one would start. So we just had no luck. It was a seven day a week experience. Both Mags and I were just like knackered, absolutely exhausted, but it kept us going. You know, we got a book, we got a whiteboard in the kitchen with all the dog bookings in. And we, you know, the, the best time was when we rubbed it off at the end of the month. And I looked at Maggie's one day and said, oh, look at that, it's empty. She said, it won't be for long. And she put them all up. Um, and that, that, was, that was kind of like 
where we were at. I was building my coaching business and I'll go into more, uh, uh, more about that in a bit. I was building my coaching business, but like everything else, you know, put the website up, I'd, I'd created a Facebook profile and then I sat there and waited and guess what? Nothing happened. Mm. I was going, hang on, what's going on here? You know, um, you've got to be proactive, you know, and this, this was something that, that I'd, um, I, I, I pro- procrastinated and that's again, something I want to cover because I just didn't do the work. Um, <laughs> And we were, you know, we were relying then on, on the dog business. So I, I literally, at the end of at the end of 2017, I got to the stage where I've got to start doing the work. And so I started creating my profile. I'd signed up for a few other courses. Um, I was busy, busy, busy. And, and a lot of people do this when they set themselves up. A lot of entrepreneurs do this. They try and do everything. And what they do is they burn themselves. It's like spinning the plates and they're spinning so many plates. They're all dropping off. So I just reduced it down to what I was doing. My focus, who do I want to work with? Because I only ever want to work with five clients, to be honest with you. Um, Who do I want to work with? And I want to work with people that I know I can work with. So I became very selective. Um, I almost interviewed them before we could work together because I had I'd had previously a few people just didn't do the work. You know, I mean, I didn't refund them, but I felt really guilty taking the money because they weren't doing the work. They weren't serious about what they wanted. Yeah, I've so, got, sorry, just a quick one because i got a funny yeah. story with that because my friend's a coach as well. He had this guy that he really didn't want to work with. So what he did is he just charged an astronomical figure hoping that you wouldn't sign up with him. But he still said yes. Yet to it, but you made good money from it. There, it, it's funny. You know, it's a funny world because, um, for me as a coach, and I've got a, sto- a story to tell you about um, a, a client I'm worth working with at the moment. For me as a coach, to see them get to their goal, and, and I'm I'm kind of A to B coach. I'm good at getting people to sit down, get rid of all their clutter, focus on 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 an outcome, or focus on doing something towards an outcome because a lot of people go I don't know what to do so that's great let's find out what you're good at so I look at strengths I look at um, abilities I look at what they're where they're coming from and um, you know at the end of the day you've got to be working with people who want to do it but B as a coach I'm not there just to take money off people I wouldn't do that. I couldn't live with myself to do that. But the reward for me is seeing people succeed. And all of my clients are considered to be a success in their lives. You know, that's what it's about. That's why I'm doing it. That, that is the reason I'm doing it. Yeah. So back to the story. Here I am, you know, ready to rock the world. And things started to happen. And we still was, you know, still running the doggy daycare business. And in 2019, things had got steady. Mags uh, is is amazing. She's just a doer. My partner Margaret shouldn't call her Mags. She doesn't like that. Um, Margaret is she just gets on and does it, and she's amazing at what she does. And she she'd written three books in 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 a ten year period. So you know we're now looking at redoing those and launching them. What kind of what kind of genre that? It's it's kind of women's chiclet type but they're all Dublin based uh well they're not all Dublin based but they are you know um 
stories that she can resonate with some of it got a bit of truth in there um and you know they're up, they're going to be up on amazon um we we, we tried we failed because we, you know we just put it up there thought people to buy it they don't so there's a whole marketing program that we're working on to get our books redesigned and back out there because they're great books they really are good books and the people who've read it or, or uh, the two that are on, on online we've taken them down now have gone brilliant you know so so we were doing that we were doing um you know we we were multitasking to to live the life that we lived and finally i mean bear in mind during this time in up to about two years ago um the youngest daughter um emily was training to be a vet at university in in poland <clears throat> so you know the cost of that alone was quite phenomenal. Um, so we, you know, we, we'd funded that. She, she'd contributed uh, quite a bit to herself uh, from, a, from her own funds that were left to her. But, you know, we, we, we'd done, and we got to the point where Emily had, 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 had uh, graduated and got herself a job. Um, Hannah, the middle girl, had gone off to Vietnam to teach English. She's happy out. And the eldest girl, and met someone and they are now married and happy out. And so there was just me, Mags and the two dogs and a few students, our two dogs, uh, a few students and a few other dogs. And then one day in, I think it was in February, it was about two years ago to this, not to this day, but but this month, um, I'd popped out to the bank. We'd got five dogs, including our two in the house. I literally just went to the bank, 20 minutes max. Margaret was out at work. And when I arrived on the drive, <clears throat> somebody called me, synchronicity again, because as I was on the phone, I looked into the house and I thought, I'm sure I saw somebody moving around there. And I went, opened the door up, opened the front door, which was locked. Um, and then I noticed all the doors of the house were open. Um, the dogs were just lying around having a laugh and somebody whipped out the back um, throughout through the window so all the doors were secured but they got in through the window now apparently there were two of them they don't take laptops or phones anymore it was just money and jewelry and unfortunately uh, one of the girls who was staying with us had left a thousand euro in a drawer and um, they took that some jewelry and mags and whatever but the frightening part, Alex, was when I got when I had a look around, place was ransacked. When I looked around, there was a machete on the stairs, and in one of the girls' bedrooms upstairs, there was a knife. And when the police came, the guards came. I said to the the guard, uh, I said she was a woman. I says, "What if I'd have got him and caught them? Would they have used that?" She's, "Oh yeah," she said. "Good job you didn't catch them," she said. But you know, they would have used that to get out. And so synchronicity was happening, although at the point we were so annoyed. For four nights, we couldn't sleep. Yeah, And then Margaret at the weekend went, why don't we just move? And when we, we'd first met, we, we'd holidayed in Argelès down in France. And we walked one day from Argelès to Coulier. Coulier is a beautiful place down uh, port down in France. And 
we, we kind of joked and said, it'd be lovely to live here one day, wouldn't it? And we said, yeah. And we went, let's go for it. This, this, was, this was February, March, 2019. Mags went online. We saw a place that we liked to rent. We were only renting. Saw a place that we liked. We booked it. We paid a deposit without seeing it. We then went over in May to check it out. Loved it. Loved the area. And then in September of 2019, off we went, packed everything up, brought the two dogs with us, sold everything in the house that we didn't need and started our new life. And, you know, Alex, it was the best thing we ever did, because had we have tried to do that a year later with the current situation, we wouldn't have the dog, doggy daycare business. We certainly wouldn't have the student business. I would be stuck there with a two and a half grand a month rent wondering what to do. Yeah. And it just kind of worked out. It just worked out. And it was the best thing we ever did. Best thing we ever did. Yeah, it's funny how it works out sometimes, isn't it? Like some of the most horrific things that happen to us lead us onto our best moments and best moments. Absolutely, for a reason. And, you know, um, I often say to people, you know, oh, I want to, you know, have a plan by all means. But all I would say to anyone is if you look back 12 months ago and look where you are today, how much, how much of that was planned? You know, yes, you had a plan, but trust me, the universe is working for you. If you open yourself up to it, if you believe, you know, if you call on the greater force, you know, I, I have, many words, the source, it's there to give you guidance and to point you in the right direction. And that's, that's everything that happened, you know, everything that happened. And, you, you know, I'm, my, my, my business is about body fit mind. The reason is I believe that you've got to, A, be mentally fit, absolutely, you know, and that doesn't mean you can't feel melancholy or depressed, but to know and understand why that's happening. B, you've got to put the right fuel into your body. That's nutrition. You know, you've got to be careful. Now, I'm, I'm not vegan or vegetarian, but we have massively reduced the meat intake. Um, uh, um, you know, fish, we, we buy organic. Lots of steps you can take to improve that. Definitely hydrate. Um, and also get your body moving because at the end of the day if you're not if those three elements of your well-being are not in sync it's not going to work for you and i tell you how i know this <clears throat> having run health clubs for 15 years i used to see so many people coming in every day half an hour on the treadmill doing this that and what you know burning themselves because most of the exercise that we get the benefits are only only garnered in the first 25 minutes of work you know and i used to then see those people go out go to the pub <laughs> drink three four pints of guinness have a bad meal when they get home and you could see that mentally they weren't fit and although they were doing the exercise bit and they were maintaining a good healthy state in terms of their physical fitness nutrition and mental fitness were letting them down and that was where I, I realized that was how I wanted to, to put, put my coaching business in that uh, area. Um, not that I'm unique, 
that you know I have an understanding of all three areas. And if I need, if I, I'm not a nutritionist, but I've studied that a lot, and I'm certainly not an expert on fitness. I've studied that a lot. I like to think I know a fair bit about mental fitness. And and strangely enough, Alex, the eldest daughter, Sinead, is now a psychotherapist in Dublin. So, you know, it kind of, uh, we had a great relationship, we do have a great relationship, but at a time when she was struggling herself, you know, I was able to talk to her and see that within her passion, her care, her understanding, she was perfect for that role. So it's kind of like making sure I don't know about you. I believe that we're born with everything we need to be what we want. Yeah, me too, big time. Well, from what you were just saying, to me, it's like like you're saying about trusting the universe and intuitively being in touch with that. A big part of it is clearing out the toxins in your body and your mind. If you're eating healthy yeah. um, and you're sorting out your mental health and you're at peace. And you're much more likely to yeah, be in touch with that third element. Yeah, I mean it it's 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 being good to yourself. And 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 the theme that that I I recognize through my own experience, yeah. And and it, you know, and I see and it's great. I'm you know, there are these great coaches, these great people around. Um uh, there, there are people who are focused. You know, it doesn't matter where you are, whether you're CEO, you know, or, or you know, or just a, a casual worker. It doesn't matter where you are. What matters is what's inside you. And being be the best person you ever met is the trigger for your self-improvement. Because, you know, your light, your, 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 what you put out to the world is what what the light that's within you so if you've got a dim light going on inside here what you're putting out to the world is going to appear dim and be dim you know you've got to find that journey is with you within yourself um to get to a stage where you know you are good to people that you contribute that you are kind that you are loving all of those things that get rid of anger um and all of that and i remember in my early early days with with fitness first um we were at um and you know the place we were, we were merry hill uh at a, at a regional like i don't know two three hundred people managers and staff 15 of, minutes up the road from me yeah <laughs> and uh, we're at this nightclub and we've been out and of course it was the usual you know letting your hair down and everything else and um one thing i can't do is i can't really really get drunk because I don't get violent, I start crying. So <laughs> I, I, I was looking after myself that day and just being gentle on that. And we had a, a sales director, a, a lady, and um, she was great, under great pressure. And she, she was the national sales director at the time. And I remember sitting in the, um, in the, in, in the lounge area at this nightclub, the music was pumping away. And I told her, you know, I wanted to be a life coach. I, I'd had this long-lasting uh, uh, dream to be a life coach. And she was oh, tell me about it. You know? And we we're having a meaningful conversation. And I said to her, you know, the one thing, the biggest test for anyone and the hardest thing to do 
is to look in the mirror, look into your own eyes, look deep into your soul and go, I love you. And repeat it. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. That's the biggest test of what your self-worth is and your self-esteem. And in this nightclub, there were, there were like pillars, but they were mirrored. And I says, come on, come over, come on, give it a go. <laughs> and we'd all, not, we weren't drunk, but, but we'd had a couple of, you know, yeah. we, we were loose. And she, she went, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And she stared into the mirror and she burst into tears. And I went, oh my God, what have I done? Wow. And she was like heartbroken and, and oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I went, oh. And like some of the lads came out, well, what have you done to her? And I said, I'm sorry. And I really was sorry. I, I had no idea just how powerful that was to some people who have a challenge with that. And anyway, I mean, I did speak to her afterwards and I'm so, I'm so sorry. She went, no, no. She says, don't you apologize to me. She says, I have to apologize to myself. But she said, you've made me think. And um, it was that that kind of triggered for me how important, doesn't matter what you do out there, it's what you do in here that starts the journey. So yeah. it was kind of like, you know, whoa, <laughs> one of those wow moments. Um, <clears throat> and that's the basis of what, what, what I try and work with is the journey starts inside here. Now, can, I, I know I'm talking a lot. Can I share something with you that happens? Something yeah, that sure. happens, and it happened to me. It happened to me because one of the things, number one, I really struggled with meditation. Um, and I found out that it's because I was trying to meditate. I wasn't able to let go into that. And uh, only, only in the last couple of years have I been able to really get my head around that. It was one thing that I find happens when you've got your mental fitness in place, when you've got your nutrition um, and uh, your, your uh, fitness regime or your health regime, you don't have to be at the gym every day to be healthy, uh, fit. Once, what happens then is something happens. You go to another level because you're ready. And I, you know, people, I, I see people searching for spirituality. That never happens. Spirituality finds you when you're ready. When you are ready for that journey to go to a higher level, you know, people go and sit on mountains and whatever, but when you're ready, it finds you it's effortless, absolutely effortless. And with certainly with me, I found that with my meditation, that moment arrived, you know, I, I remember having a bit of an epiphany when I first read The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. I don't know if you've read that book. It's a brilliant, brilliant book. It's all about mindfulness. You know, no, I've not read it. I've been recommending yeah. it a few times. Yeah, definitely, definitely work it. And I remember I, I was working at the gym in Dublin and I was driving down my usual route into the gym. One summer's day, wasn't raining, by the way. One summer's day, and I'd been reading this. And I'd reread the book again in a week, and I thought that's just so meaningful. I was getting into my mental state, and as I drove down, there's a place called Nutgrove Shopping Centre. As I drove down the hill, I had this kind of wave, this sharp, well, not sharp. It was very gentle power surge inside me, and I went, "Whoa!" And as I looked up all the sky was bluer than blue 
and the clouds were whiter than white. And I felt this immense feeling of, of connectivity, of love, you know, and it lasted for about probably five or six seconds. And it never happened again. But I knew it was connected to with me opening up part of my journey to open up because I was great. I was great at talking the talk, but I was so long not walking the walk, not doing what was necessary. Um, and, and for me, that was part of my journey forward. And I think France has given me the environment to, to really hone that and to develop it and to move it forward. Um, it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And that's a journey everybody can have. Definitely. It's amazing because um, obviously I used to speak to you on FaceTime a bit a few years ago and you're always uh, very bubbly and whatever, but I've noticed the change in you since you've been in France. You seem like you're yeah. another level and you're, you're beaming every time I speak to you. But just yeah. going back to uh, what you were saying about self-love, I recommend yeah. that, always, by the way, to anyone watching. It's very powerful. I've tried it before. It's a bit uncomfortable. Yeah first isn't it absolutely you know people go self-love oh I feel great doesn't work that way it does not work there's work to be done you know and and forgiveness people say to me you know how can I forgive so-and-so so-and-so for doing that to me and it affected the family it's easy it's dead easy you don't have to forgive them you have to forgive yourself for allowing them to steal your energy and make you feel the way you feel when you forgive yourself you're automatically forgiving them where it's no longer gonna churn you up or make you feel angry or all that negativity is going to go into your body forgiveness is about forgiving yourself often yeah and by forgiving yourself you're forgiving them 100 you don't expect an apology you know yeah 100 percent agree it's he- healing for both parties isn't it yeah um i remember one of the things that stuck into my head when we first started chatting, you said to me, you know, Alex, you'll never find true love until you love yourself. Yeah. And I'd never heard anyone talk about that kind of stuff then. I was just kind of get drunk every weekend, try and get as many women as possible, football, that's all I cared about. I was like, oh, wow, it's pretty deep. Yeah. And then, yeah, done a lot of work on that. So, yeah, thank you. And then going back to what you said before that as well, about the... um what you put out to the universe, you get back. Yeah. I remember not long after I met you, I was in the office and I always used to just come in, put my head down, work. I was a bit antisocial, to be honest. Um, like I said, I was going through a difficult time and I just started meditating. I thought, oh, I'm going to try this law of attraction stuff. So I go in the office, be really, uh, you know, bubbly, say good morning to people, offer to make a cup of tea. And I was just noticing people change around me. I was like, wow, this really works. It's powerful, isn't it? It's incredible because, I mean, you know, people think it's an action. It's not an action. It's an energy, you know. Um, I think I mentioned to you when we discussed uh, uh, earlier, you know, I'm a great, I, I love neuroscience. And science, neuroscience now are actually measuring not only the the power and the energy that comes from your brain, but also from your heart. There's, you know, there are... There are um, atoms and elements that are considered to be brain only that they've now found in the heart that generate energy. We, we, we are just bundles of energy. And it's, so when, when you've been 
when you're in that environment and you're being kind to people, that's an energy that they, they, they absorb that and it has an impact on them. You know, uh, even though you're not going like I'm a, I'm a big battery and I'm going to give you loads of energy. It doesn't work that way. It's a natural thing. Yeah. Um, and that takes us then onto the fact that we're all connected. Yeah. You know, um, there was a great story I heard, um, I read about, about a guy who had been in a coma for, for quite a few years. And then one day he snapped into some kind of awareness some kind of consciousness and he was speaking in I think it was Italian and the doctors and uh, contacted the parents of this guy um, he was in his 20s I think and they said wow he's, he's, he's conscious he's speaking Italian he doesn't he's never spoken Italian and they said what he's never spoken Italian ever he doesn't you know and I think it was about three, three or four weeks later, he came, he came uh, out of his coma, uh, which they expected to happen. Uh, he came out of his coma, and he, you know, he was he was okay. He was uh, good to go. He spent a few more weeks in hospital recovering. Um, and the parents said to him, "You didn't tell us you spoke Italian." And he said, "I don't speak Italian. Never have." She said, well, we woke up at one point and were speaking Italian. And somebody tried to explain this. And, and the explanation that there were various opinions, the explanation that I believe to be true is that we're all connected to a source of knowledge and energy that is out there. They're finding, you know, they, they used to, uh, um, brain surge, uh, brain um, experts used to say that you know everything was stored in various parts of the brain and they're now finding out that I think it's the hippocampus is doesn't actually store everything and we actually a bit, a bit like a, a network computer we download stuff and that's open to all of us and every experience that happens throughout the world is uploaded so there's a, this collective kind of consciousness that does exist now a lot of people say oh that's pseudoscience and and all that you know kind of rubbish if you want to believe it that's fine if you don't that's up to you but but the point is pseudoscience every form of science at some point was pseudoscience until it was peer-reviewed and other scientists went yep you're right and it's you know every 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 scientific finding every scientific uh, test that's been done at some point was pseudoscience and science now is beginning to realize that there is this connectivity with consciousness well yeah Um, a lot of people don't realize but the two greatest scientists of the last millennium were both saying this tesla and einstein yeah they said i've realized that my brain is the receiver i can't remember the full quote and Einstein yeah. say very similar things as well. Yeah, yeah, and it's such an exciting time. Um, um, you know, what's happened in the last twelve months, I think, is a test. I think there are people who have absolutely grown massively, but that others have suffered. And I know um, Margaret's one of Cl- Margaret's closest friends died with COVID. Mm. 
died of it, by the way, with COVID. Oh, She'd yeah. gone through through a period of, of cancer um, uh, illness, and um, sadly, she died of COVID. And it was very hard. And, you know, it's kind of like there are people, and, and don't get me wrong, I think there is something happening. I don't believe everything that we're hearing is true. Uh, and that's what I say to people. I always question, always question, search for the truth, but don't believe everything that, you you know, people are running from one theory to another theory. And, you know, it's just now, yeah, we know there's a lot to be answered for once we're through this. But the experience for ourselves, I think, has given us the opportunity to connect better with our families, to connect and value our friendships and families more and connect with yourself in terms of who you want to be and where you want to go. And I think that's the amazing part of it. People, people have got more money because they're not going out and spending money on work or drinking or eating or all that kind of, but they're starting to do things for themselves and connecting and this connectivity is definitely uh, contagious yeah 100 percent. and obviously you, yourself have thrived this year for me it's been probably the best year of my life like started yeah. three or four projects quit my job that i hated having a baby so it's like yeah. i always feel guilty because it's going because <laughs> of all the crap going in the world but you can't kind of, i know I know you, you can't you can't because if you if you're listening to mainstream news and and the, the the big program that I watched was I don't know if you saw it Alex on Netflix Social Dilemma yeah about, little bits oh I tell you that's get it how you know how through our actions on Facebook and and uh, uh, on the internet you know there's something out there watching what we're watching. And then feeding us more. So if you're, you know, big into, I don't know, um, China starting this whole thing, all the stories relevant to that feed that belief. Yeah. And you think it's true. Yeah. You, you think, oh, everybody must be seeing this, but they're not. You yeah. know, if you're into how to make candy floss, you're going to get thousands of feeds about how to make candy floss. That's going to be your news for the day. So be mindful of what you're watching be mindful of what you're opening yourself up to. Um, and I, sad, I'm sad to say, I mean, having worked in PR for 25 years and dealt with journalists and, and, and seen newspapers uh, in, uh, through, through the uh, 80s and 90s, that's all gone. Mm. And, you know, journalistic... Um, integrity. Integrity is gone. It's got, you know, it, it, I saw the early start of it when smaller publications were asking for advertising to support the editorial, uh, and this was it. Now, what happened is there were many operators when I was, you know, heading down to Fleet Street to meet Michael Kemp of the Daily Mail, who was the motoring correspondent, and it's now down, probably down to about five global news networks. Uh, around the world who control the news you know you can see the style of the new you know you look at sky it's no different from fox and it's no di different from what's happening in australia uh, you know all the, the, the whole thing is is a process yeah uh, there's no you know it's scary it's scary but we have the power to 
a trust our intuitions something doesn't feel right go and 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 find out why it doesn't feel right and b not to watch it mm. yeah you know yeah not to watch it. yeah my last guest is actually an expert on um, media mind control so you have to check that out and um, when it comes all oh, right to... yeah, yeah but um i agree with what you're saying because you've got a lot of lies on both sides you've got like the mainstream narrative which there's a lot of lies and manipulation and on the other yeah. side you got some of these wild theories that are just yeah. way past the truth as well so it's kind of trying to discern isn't it and it, like yeah. Said, yeah intuition absolutely uh, one thing i i coach and it's it's something that robin's um taught me there's two circles there's a circle of influence and there's a circle of non-influence. And so many people are in the circle of non-influence where, you know, they're giving out and they're posting stuff and they're out protesting, whatever. But you're not going to have any influence that because, you know, war and protest, you know, generates more war and protest. The circle of influence is where you're in control. You, you know, your family life, your job, your work, your planning, your future. All of that is in your circle of influence. That's where you need to operate from. And as you operate through that circle of influence and whatever you become uh, in terms of your goals or dreams, you may have a bit more impact of getting some of the circle of non-influence into your circle of influence. But until then, don't waste your breath. Don't burn yourself out. Don't go to bed thinking about thousands of things that you can't control. Circle of influence is the place to be. Yeah, fo- focusing on yourself. That brings me on nicely to what I wanted to speak about next, actually, because um, the main thing that stuck in my head to this day, what you told me when we first met, was um, how often do you do things for other people and how often do you spend time thinking of things to be grateful for? It was mainly the, the second point that stuck in my head. And I teach in my uh, meditation workshops now. Mm. let's talk about that and i do like a daily practice when i think of three things to be grateful for so i was just wondering is it something that you still do or do you do like a daily practice absolutely absolutely and it was it was interesting um i did a course last year with yale university on the science of well-being <clears throat> and they did a whole um module on um, gratitude and how powerful gratitude is and how good gratitude is for you and they, they went beyond just having the feeling of gratitude they went on to say if you are being grateful savor that moment give it an extra pair of legs so not only are you going like i'm really grateful for a beautiful day today focus and give yourself 30 seconds or a minute just to stand there and savour the moment. And that anchors into your brain. That, that, that feeling, that emotion, that gratitude becomes something in your brain. And what you do, it's like a collection. And you collect these savoured moments of gratitude. And they, they help you with your self-esteem. Um, they help you with things like jealousy because, you know, um, jealousy for a lot of people is, you know, I want that car. 
you know, we've just bought the house and look at him. I want that house. And, you know, I want to go, you know, material things are not as good for us as experiential things like holidays, dare I say, all the things we can't have at the moment, concerts, um, you know, just being with conversations like this. Yeah. So conversations, Zoom meetings make make the most, you know, we've got the tools to connect. And from my perspective and your perspective, from a coaching and self-improvement point of view, people are now comfortable being online. Um, So and you can make that experience, you know, as good and if not better than the technologies. I I noticed there was 380 degree uh, sorry, 180 de- degree cameras on the market now. So you can sit in a group and the image gets all of you, you know, fantastic. Yeah, someone was Flat- telling me the other day that holograms are probably going to be next. Yeah. So you look like you're in a room in a meeting together. Like, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> and the technology is there. It's not, it's, it's when it's going to become available um, to the market, the technology exists. It's incredible. And and technology is advancing so, so quickly um, that that is a bit of a scary thing. You know, this thing about AI and and being fed information and controlling us, I find that scary. But the actual technology itself, I find amazing. Would I have a chip in my neck from man from tesla i'm not quite sure about that yet some people really in sweden am. have already got microchips by the way people think that's like something crazy out there oh we've got look i've got i've got a watch i'm already being tracked the first day you got your phone you've been followed you know yeah. and and my, my view is if you don't do anything wrong then you know great make use of it but if it's gonna you know not, not Hypothetically, if I chose not to be vaccinated uh, with this new vaccination, and then because I haven't got it on my profile, I can't then travel back to the UK or go and see my family or, you know, that worries me because that's a real interruption of my freedom. That's my Um, concern with it because that's like a huge part of my life. I love traveling, I love seeing places having a break from day-to-day work. Um, And, yeah, if they did that, it's just a massive infringement of our rights. I mean, that could just be the first step. Like, what could be next if they can tell you you can and can't put in your body? Exactly, exactly. Uh, And and I I am not a big fan of Big Pharma anyway. Um, Um, But I've never, ever, apart from having a TB jab, I've never had... um, any vaccinations or the like until last a uh, couple of years ago uh, when I went to Vietnam and had to have, you know, the, the uh, usual jabs to travel and protect me. Um, now, I don't know what they did. I, I know I wasn't well in um, Vietnam for a few days, but I think that was to do with the food. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, at the end of the day, I, I minimise the amount of um stuff that can go into my body that could damage me and i work very hard to build my immune system um by you know through what i eat what i drink 
Um, so, you know, it's, it's, people can choose and they make their own decisions. Um, when everything opens up, I've got to make a decision because my mom is in care um, in, in, uh, in Telford. So, you know, I, I would, I would, wouldn't want to infect her if I was carrying the virus, but, you know, I, I'd probably have a test, Well, I would have to have a test to get back in the UK anyway. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, uh, my granddad passed in December oh. um, and he was in a home because he'd had really bad dementia for a few years and I wasn't yeah. allowed to go in and say bye to him, even if I had a negative test. And I was like, what? Really? Yeah. And that, that's, that's the saddest part, Alex is, you know, it's it's the thing. Mag Margaret has got an auntie. She's ninety five years old, living in in uh, in London. She's compass mentis. She she had a such an active social life, um, and she's not seen anyone. You know, people occasionally are popping in, and you know, what's her biggest complaint? She's lonely. You know, that's the awful part of it. It's yeah. not covid that's going to kill her it's the loneliness and this is the you know this is the worst part um i think i I mentioned to you my my mom was like your grandfather sadly is suffering with or or has dementia which is increasing and she was in a care home in telford and uh right about august of last year my mom's health was rapidly deteriorating and there'd been a number of covid deaths on uh, on her floor in the home and my, my sister who lives in Telford is a carer anyway but not in the home where the mama, my mum is and we made a decision uh, as a family I've got four siblings excuse me I've got four siblings we made a decision and agreed with Debbie um, who's the carer that we would put mum into Debbie's home and Debbie who willingly and and bless her agreed uh, one of the carers in the home quit and came to work to look after mum, put a chairlift in, all the all the things. Social services were delighted. They gave us a checklist of what we need to do. Um, the home itself, and I'm not blaming the home or the staff there because they're doing an amazing job with all the restrictions that they have. You know, a few others have died since. Uh, and a few of the staff have left. And this is the awful part of it. You know, my mom, having got dementia, just didn't know what was going on. Nobody was visit, visiting anymore and she couldn't see anyone. And when she did see someone, it was through the glass and she was going like, come in, come in. They couldn't do that. They were wear, wearing masks. And we just felt that it, it was a problem. And And if I could show you a picture of my mom when she was in the home, and a picture of her now, it's just incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, life-saving, I believe. Now, my mum's close to 90. I don't, we don't know how much long she's got left. She sleeps a lot. Um, she suffered a, a few things, but we are so grateful that we could make that move. We thought we'd have a problem with social services, but they were so helpful in making that move. And my sister is doing the work, God bless her. And uh, Viv, the other carer, um, we have Zoom meetings and, you know, my mum goes, oh, are you, 
are you Paul, my brother? No, no, no. I'm your oldest son, mum. Hello. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're in, you're in, you're in, where are you? In France, mum. Yeah. All of those. And God bless her, you know, but she looks a picture of hell. And sometimes, you know, Alex, you have to make some tough decisions. Yeah. Um, and, but you just get on and do it. Yeah. You get on and do it. Because no. you know it's right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, it's amazing. I mean, it's, this sounds a bit dramatic, what I spoke about in my last uh, podcast, but for people that live alone, it's almost like solitary confinement for people, the lockdown. Yeah. And you know as well as me, uh, connection with other people is just as good, important for our well-being as drinking water, eating, Absolutely. exercising. So, yeah. like, you know, obviously there's got to be some sort of measures, but I just think it's gone way, way, way too far. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and I believe as we're doing this, you know, the, the figures are diminishing. Not that it's the vaccines, because they haven't vaccinated that many people. But, you know, there are signs that there are improvements. And, and, and we hope and we pray that that will continue and we can start not living the same lives, because I don't think life will be the same ever again. But, yeah. but getting to the new, the new, a new normal, and not lose sight of anything that we've gained from this experience, not lose sight of the family connection, not lose sight of working from home and making that available to everyone. Not everybody wants to work from home, um, but those that do should have a right to do so if they want it. And I think, um, corp- certainly, the corporate employers are saying, "Yeah, we could go. We could go with that." Um, you know, so there are many great lessons that we've learned from the last 12 months and, and hopefully we can continue with the good and get rid of some of the bad. Um, I don't think protesting and setting fire to cars and stuff like that is going to garner any, any benefit. Um, you know, it's, it's just madness. Don't listen to the stuff that's been pumped into your head. Stand up be intelligent, seek out the truth. And, um, you know, really, really, when you look for it, you'll know when you found it. Yeah, completely agree. Um, my business called Buddha Bros Festival Business. Our slogan is the revolution starts within. Because unless you're sovereign in yourself and peaceful in yourself, then how are you going to transpire that to like the outside world? Like you say, being angry, angry, angry. We all just yeah. making it worse, if anything. Yep. Yeah. Add more negative energy into the world. Yeah. And and science, uh, I, I keep going back. I love neuroscience. Science is also showing, in terms of its energy, love, kindness, happiness, gratefulness has a higher resonance than anger, fear, worry. That you know, I, I, they've measured it on a scale. So it it shows that those positive feelings have much greater power than negative. Although negative uh, emotions can be expressed quite dramatically, they're not as powerful as love. You know, we we know about the story of light. You know, you light a candle in a dark room and it illuminates, but you can't switch on the darkness in an illuminated room because that's not possible. Yeah. So, you know, carry the light within you and what light you have within you. Uh, go back to my earlier point 
is what the light you put out into the world in everything you do, how you meet people, how you talk to people, how you care for people, uh, everything. So to me, it's common sense. Yeah. Definitely. I know what path I want to choose. Yeah. I know what path I, I, I want to be grateful. I want to feel happy. I want to sleep well. I want to eat well. You know, I want to have a great mind. Um, I don't want monkey mind running around telling me I can't do this, can't do that. You crap at this. You know, all of those things happen. And I'm not saying they stop happening, but you're in a state where you can go, really? You can have a conversation. Really? Is that right? Off you go. And that voice gets quieter. That negative, nagging voice gets quieter and quieter and quieter as you get to that journey within yourself. And that's available to everyone. Everyone. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not making that, I'm not saying that, that depression isn't a problem. It is. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. Um, and, you know, the worrying part for me and for you and for others is um, death uh, by suicide is growing. And it's so sad that these people can be helped and encouraged and motivated and there's some amazing stories and and helpers um coaches psychotherapists psychoanalysts out there doing brilliant work to help people move through but they need help and support they need knowledge and learning you know and that's what it's about so when i say you know being positive i'm not saying acting being positive i'm saying about being great with yourself being the best person you ever met that will resonate with other people um but understand that you know i i I, as a coach cannot um through my accreditation cannot coach someone who's on medication Mm. you know it's part of the uh, international coaching federation rules that as a life coach I have to refer them to a psychotherapist or, you know, a professional counsellor who deals with depression. So, you know, it's a tough call um, for those people because I think there's a lot of coaches who could help them, but we're not allowed to do that. And I wouldn't be confident enough to coach someone with severe depression and manage to break through to them. Yeah, it's interesting because um, I think it was about three podcasts back. I had a lady on who her fiance committed suicide when she was about twenty. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, and I, I was talking about my journey and I suffered with it in like two thousand and twelve. But and then obviously after I lost my dad, I wasn't depressed per se, but I was down the dumps. If I hadn't have taken that step of talking to you, like you were saying about you know, oh, yeah, new things and listening to coaches and yeah. reading and whatnot, then uh, I would have never maybe stepped on and continued to grow. So, Oh, well, that's nice of you to say it? that. I had no idea um, because we didn't go on and win the next couple of weeks and I blamed you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it was good. And, and, and thanks. I'm, I'm honoured that you say that and, and, and pleased that it had that impact on you because um, you never know sometimes but I don't I don't look for applause or plaudits I just love to connect with people and help them move forward and uh, yeah. c- can I just share you something with you while, while we're here 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I've been coaching an amazing lady. I'm just, I'm just gonna. You might want to just put this bit out while I. There, Reese. Yeah, Paul's very, very genuine. Just loves to help his clients, and uh, he's told me all about this lady the other day. So it'd be nice to nice. This, this it, and again, it was another um, another synchronicity thing. We we moved to this village in the south of France, our first place. We're, we're near the sea now, and um, we were walking around the village, and uh, this lady kind of heard that we were speaking English, and she oh, and she introduces herself, and um, her name is Marion, and we got to know her. Um, she's actually. Uh, deputy manager, deputy director of public health in, in Birmingham. Um, she acts as a consultant for them. Um, and we got to, together and I got talking about coaching and my, my forte. And she's a, she's a coach herself, an author. Um, and I started the coacher. She got an idea for a book. And as I said to you, um, I like to be an A to B coach. So, you know, I, I get people to move forward, to do the work, to get, you know, their mindset right, to take action, to tidy up their crap, um, to organise their life, to use the right tools, to make uh, double their productivity, all that kind of stuff. Um, but also I'm mindful of mindset and connectivity um and and i really just resonated with her and anyway i've been coaching her she has had a, a, and the book covers this she has had a life in many areas of the world um and she had this idea to interview or to to research and interview 20 women that she believes have had an impact uh, in their lives and the people they've touched and she got everything in place but she really wasn't making progress um, as well as doing her full-time job as well as doing her art so all I did was just help her structure keep her motivated keep her moving forward keep her on a path and the outcome is last week she she launched her book, Dr. Marion Gibbon, The Feminine Face of Embodied Leadership. Love the French. And it, it, it's, it's absolutely brilliant because it's, and the timing is perfect. And, uh, you know, there's some great stuff in there. 20 women who are of various, various positions in the world. One woman was the first woman to bring contraception to a number of African countries. I mean, that's just amazing in itself. Mm. No, Nobel uh, Prize winners. Um, and, and you know, I, I've met a few people, but Marion has met unbelievable people who continue to have an impact on people's lives. The unsung heroes. Now, it's time, she said, the, the patriarchal approach to the world is dying. Yeah. And there needs to be more women leaders, but not women leaders who are like men, which is what historically we've produced. So her book, The Feminine Face of Embodied Leadership, is about women who are doing it 
and about the impact of it, but also how to work with what she offers and for women to move forward and give more, but also for men to read it, to understand how powerful femininity is. Because, you know, I don't know about you. I mean, when I grew up, um, probably why a lot of most of my clients are women or are not patriarchal men, Mm -hmm. um, because I always found the company women far more interesting um, than than guys you know would be i'd be with guys in the pub and you know the the language the the putting women down all of that blase bravo bravado stuff just didn't resonate i'd find myself at the end of the evening sitting with um a a bunch of girls you know talking about horoscopes connectivity and all that kind of stuff Not, not that i didn't like lads, I played football, you know, not that I was, you know, gay or anything like that, Didn't but I had a strong feminine um, characteristic. And I think we're born both with masculinity and femininity within us, same for women. Um, but this time we're seeing real change. And I think femininity is going to be the new requirement moving forward you know um some of it's gone a little bit too far and too pc but this book is this book's already been adopted for two universities in the uk for um uh, for their academic learning in libraries that's how powerful it is so so for me to see her reach that milestone and for to see, we did a, a like a mini book um, launch last week to see all these women coming on and talking about how grateful they were to be interviewed for this book um, is amazing, is absolutely amazing. And it's brilliant that, um, you know, she's got to the stage. Now we're working on getting her to her next book. Amazing. What an incredible journey to join her on. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And, you know, that, that's what it's about, Alex. That's why I love what I do now. It's, it's just so rewarding. Um, but obviously, I've got to make a living. I'm, otherwise, I'd do it for nothing. Yeah. I've done a couple of... I, I, I did do um, somebody, you know, I said, look, I actually... Um, I'll, I'll, I'll do it for you, you know. And uh, she, she didn't do any work. <laughs> she didn't put any value on it. Yeah. yeah. So, so it was kind of like, you know, I've got to make a living. I'm not charging the earth. Um, it's, it's, it's an investment in my client's self. That's what they're doing. They're not buying something that's tangible, but they're investing in themselves. And pretty much everyone that I've coached has, has got to where they want to be. Yeah. I completely agree. I think that, money exchange is really important i was always very resistant to kind of invest in myself probably comes from a deep like lack of fear of an ability to make money but then i've learned the last year or two to like let that flow and invest in myself and you get it back tenfold, don't you when you put that absolutely absolutely yeah and it's funny um you know uh, people will say really is it that cheap Mm. 
you know and no that's my rate and that's what i charge and you know um if you can afford more by all means pay me but but you know that's what it is and and i'm i'm happy with that um so and 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 I, you know i only need I, I because i choose who i work with is because i know i can work with those people is because they have the success because i know exactly what to do what to say to them how to motivate them um and because of that i can be selective and because of that it allows me to die the time to do what i want to do moving forward so you know i'm looking at doing a a youtube channel like yours is Mm. i'm looking to get some online courses together with my experience my knowledge to help people um you know so it there's work ahead yeah and thanks my partner margaret she's set herself up as a virtual assistant um for coaches and and uh and the like and she's absolutely out the door it's brilliant absolutely brilliant yeah if you want, amazing yeah if you want any help with the podcasting more than happy yeah to tips and how to set it up it's funny actually be i ask people to come on and uh, it's surprising how many say yes yeah well i think people are getting more experienced in in being on zoom and it's giving them the confidence to go i want to talk and and i remember when i, when I first did a few interviews um not like interviews but but um live broadcasts I'd, I'd got a script you know and i was you could see me going like you know looking across and stumbling and, and mumbling i still mumble i still stumble but you've got just got to be authentic, be yourself. And that's what people see. Um, so it's a great medium uh, to connect and, uh, and to get out to the world, which is lovely. Yeah, I love it. It's just like meeting people that inspire me, just having a conversation. It's perfect for me. But yeah, I just wanted to ask a couple of more questions before we wrap. Yeah, sure. Because I think we've done nearly an hour and a half. Flew by, as always. Um, wow, yeah. You mentioned to me something about experiencing a new level of consciousness as a collective yeah uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that and yeah go? yeah it, it it's kind of like uh, i mentioned that spirituality doesn't um you, you can't find it it finds you it kind of gives you a bit of an elevation um what what i what i found with it is you're not a member of a club but you've got a gift. Uh, your, intu- in, your intuition is very, very finely tuned and, and increased. And what I found in the early days when I was do- doing my coaching and doing my training and um, running health clubs is you'd walk into, I, I'd walk into a crowded bar, um, maybe with some of the staff and, and, maybe with some buddies or whatever. And I'd, go, I'd actually feel, go, oh, I really don't want to be here because there is a lot of people here I don't want to even engage with. And what I found when I became more aware and my consciousness levels lifted, I could walk into a bar crowded room spiritually two foot taller than than anyone in that room and only connect with like-minded people who are two foot taller 
spiritually and aware and end up having a conversation with those people. Not, not that I'm putting other people down, but I really wasn't interested to have somebody drunk telling me about, you know, how he treats his wife or whatever. I was only wanting to attract towards me something that was um, meaningful. Yeah. Uh, I'm out. I'll be having a few glasses of wine. But having a meaningful connection with someone is what this higher level of awareness, this spirituality is uh, all about. Um, now, you can come to the party if you're not quite there, but if you want to be there, I can help you get there. And that's that's pretty much my story. I always used to think that spirituality was all to do with spiritualism. Mm. You know, kind of, nice I've got this kind of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and Alex, do you know what? You know what? I, I, and I did, I had a great interest in spiritualism. I think there's a lot of fakes out there, but I had a great interest in spiritualism. Um, and I found out only about, 10, 15 years ago, my great-great-grandfather founded the first spiritualist church in King's Heath in Birmingham. No way. That's a cool he, he, was, he was a medium. Yeah. He was a medium. And I never knew this. And, and, and I'd been going down the road, you know, because I, I, I'm, 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 I love new stuff. You know, I'm always interested in finding out more um, I, I've got to be careful, you know, I, I get into something and then I lose interest. And I think that's because I'm an Aries, you know, <laughs> one yeah. of the birth signs, quickly loses interest. That was always on my school report. Can't pay attention. <laughs> attention span, okay for the first couple of weeks. And then off he goes, that, you know, that, that's the way I am. I'm working on that. Um, but I, I, I had an interest in, in, in spirituality. And I actually had some interesting experiences um uh, a few times but what happened with that is it frightened the life out of me i had a couple of experiences and it frightened the life out of me and i stepped right back from it yeah. and and when i think about it now it's because i wasn't ready yeah i wasn't ready to go down that path you know so it might be something that i will explore at a later date but you know my spiritual um, awakening is already unfolding. Uh, I use, um, I, I, I said to you before, earlier in, in, in this conversation, I had a problem with meditation. Um, and then I, I, I found an app, a guy called Sam Harris, who does uh, uh, an app called Waking Up and a lot of other stuff. And it just absolutely nailed it for me. So... I'm now actually getting the benefits of that fueled into my spiritual path, which is brilliant. Yeah. And, you know, go with the flow, as they say. And and it's easy to say, go with the flow when somebody's paddling up the stream, you know, just turn around, go with it. Yeah. And you'd be amazed how somebody will grow and things things happen like you. Oh, you think of someone and they ring you. How crazy is that? Yeah, you know, it's it's incredible. It's it's a great place to be. It's a great place to be because then you know, then you start to believe. Then you start to believe that anything's possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miracles can happen, can't they? Which you yeah. open up to definitely. Um, what did you say just before that? There was a question I was going to ask. 
Um, it's gone. It might come back to me. But anyway, to finish, we normally have a bit of fun. So it's... Um, you've got a dinner tonight at the house. You can have any three yeah. guests from the past. Could be from the present. It could be dead, alive, whatever. Could be a celebrity. Could be friends, a family. Anyone you want. And, and why. Why is very important. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, that's a good one. Yeah, I like this. Okay. So I would, I would go for, I would go for one of the great people. Um, I would, I would go for Nelson Mandela. I'd, I'd want to know, I'd want to know his story. Uh, I haven't read his book, but, but I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to see and discuss with him his mental um, journey going through imprisonment and being treated the way he was and then bringing um, an end to apartheid and all of that. So I definitely, definitely uh, like to uh, have him at the table. I would so that, that would be my, if you like, my inspirational, you know, I'd, I'd have lots of choices, but that would be my inspiration. I'd, because I love art and music, I would love to have Leonard Cohen. Who's okay. that? Sorry, I'm not aware of him. Leonard Cohen is a poet and a, a, a songwriter. You know, oh, most no. people, when they listen to Leonard Cohen, go, oh, my God. He's at, his lyrics are absolutely brilliant. Um, and he died, I think he died last year. Um, um, and I missed an opportunity. He did a, a gig in Dublin uh, a couple of years ago and missed to go there. But Leonard Cohen, poet, um, I'd like to know his story as well. And then in terms of the third person, I would like to see... Do they have to be real or can they be fictitious? Yeah, they can be fictitious. Anything you okay. like. Um, I'd like to... Um, I'd like to... have somebody like one of the Greek... Plato, I think. I'd like to get Plato there just to discuss where he got all his information from. Mm. You know, because he talks about all the stuff, you know, the prehistory influences. He had a lot of access to information. I think he had uh, higher, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So Plato, Nelson Mandela, and Leonard Cohen. And if you've not listened to Leonard Cohen yet, check him out. Um, you know. Great, great, great music to listen to. Um, and beautiful, beautiful man. Um, so, yeah, those would be my three. Superb. Great picks, great picks. I just remember what I was going to say. All it was was um, if anyone is out there and they want to get into meditation, I completely agree with Paul that an app is a great way to get in. That's how I started because yeah. you're being guided by an expert, so you're not kind of just sat there on your own thinking about what to do. You've been guided through it and it's very helpful, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and certainly don't get sucked into YouTube uh, guided meditations because that they're wrong you know yeah. i was i was following one for, for months and it was giving me all the wrong information yeah. um so yeah definitely an app and of course i mean you're you're um, you're doing meditations as well aren't you alex yeah i'm on a couple of the apps i'm on insight timer yeah completely free so anyone can yeah. that. and aura yeah. 
which is cheap. You have to pay. It's still quite cheap. And that kind of tailors around you and your emotions, which meditations you get um, kind of pushed towards you. So that's that's a good one. Um, I think it's fair to say you've, you've got to find someone, if you're doing guided meditations, someone that you resonate with. You know, some people... I think probably like I, I referred um, the app to someone and she went, I don't like the sound of his voice. You know, yeah. <laughs> if you don't like the sound of his voice, you're not going to get any benefit. So, you know, whoever you, you, you are meditating or being instructed by, you've got to resonate with them. And, and that is so important. And when you do, trust me, you'll get so much benefit. If you can get into a routine, I do it every day, sometimes only 20 minutes, um, sometimes longer depending on what my work schedule's like or how I feel you know yeah. some, day, some days I have great meditations other days I'm slightly distracted um, I like the way my guy Sam Harris says you can be sitting on a construction site with everything going on around you and still meditate yeah you know you you just you deal with it so, so it's brilliant brilliant that's great now I'm glad you're enjoying that journey so yeah that's it for today oh lastly have you got any services or links that we can leave down below for yeah you? sure um i'll i'll we'll get those um uh onto the post at the end uh, yeah. but um but bodyfitmind.com body www.bodyfitmind.com is my website and if you're on facebook uh it's uh bodyfitmind um LinkedIn, I'm on there as Paul Hodson. So if you want to look me up on that. Um, but, you know, I'm around and about. I'm only working with a few social media channels. Um, and I'll be launching, hopefully with Alex's help, my own YouTube channel in the coming months. And it will be called, if I can get the name registered, it will be, it will be called, after my favourite film, It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, I love it. Nice name. Yeah. What will it be? Kind of. I'm going to be doing interviews like you are. So yeah. I'm going to have you on it. So, you you know, your, your spot is booked. I'm also going to be talking uh, and offering coaching advice on specific issues. So I'm going to do a series of 15 minute um, coaching sessions on specific issues. So it could be could be on nutrition it could be on fitness it could be on mental fitness it could be on one of my favorite subjects procrastination yeah haven't you written a book about procrastination i have and i'm in it's off at the moment but i i've i'm in the process of updating it um because it's the one thing it's the one thing that everybody suffers with you know they go like you know well Everybody suffers with procrastination. Uh, there's a lot of science behind. I, uh, in my book and in my mini course, which I'll be bringing out, I do a five-day process where you can crack it and get over it forever and become action-focused. So that's something to look forward to as well. Fantastic. Lots to look forward to. And uh, yes, Thank you, Alex. You, uh, speak to you, positive as ever. And it's been nice Thank to you. hear you better because I didn't know a lot of your background story, so that was nice as well. Good. Well, Alex, it's been a pleasure to connect with you once again, albeit over Zoom. Hopefully when things change, we can get to a football match. But it's my honour to to be here with you. And thank you for the invitation. Thank you so much. And hopefully see you uh, out in France at some point. 
Absolutely, without doubt. Love it. Okay, bye-bye, Paul. Cheers, mate.